I am Andrea Butcher, and this is Being at Work. Being a leader is hard. So on this show, I set out to talk with experienced leaders to learn from their pivotal moments, how they led through the challenges we can all relate to but are often unheard. Today's conversation is with J.J. Barnes, Chief Marketing Officer at Invista, a leading global software solutions and consulting services firm, enabling enterprise commerce for the world's leading manufacturers, distributors, and omnichannel retailers. J.J. is a dynamic marketing executive with extensive experience successfully branding, marketing, and building high-growth technology firms. Her commitment to her core values is apparent throughout her career. And yet a few years ago, she found herself in the midst of doubt. She felt like she'd lost her mojo and perceived her credibility diminishing across the organization. Listen in as she shares her story with a lot of openness and provides great insight on regaining credibility in moments of challenge. In other words, getting my mojo back. You can sort of look back on your journey. I'm sitting here in middle middle age and it kind of all makes sense right now, but boy, through all the chapters and changes, it didn't make sense at all. And, you know, I really didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, grew up. I was an overachiever, a dancer, someone that loved to read, I love words. And I showed up just completely underprepared in terms of what I wanted to do from a professional standpoint. And, you know, common denominator that got me through to today would be maybe themes of connections, hard work, curiosity, and maybe faith, sort of all those four pieces all woven together. Um, you know, I started out as a poli-sci major, quickly became disenfranchised there and didn't think I was going to make a difference. Then I went the journalism route with a focus on PR and through connections, in my work world, I ended up at Edelman PR Worldwide, and at a very young age, had access to very big clients, and at age 24, was getting manpower and other global clients on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, getting attention from the founder of Edelman, that kind of thing, and that theme of hard work, turning the lights on, turning the lights off, being curious, and a little bit tenacious, kind of got me where I was today. And I, you know, I went to an ad agency, then I went to um, get headhunted by a software firm that is now a partner of my current firm. And so all of those connections and those experiences kind of led to one another, but it was never obviously planned or mapped out. Well, I love how you say it was the combination of those things, connection, hard work, curiosity, faith, that Sounds to be like your leadership philosophy and you take those attributes with you wherever you go. Pretty much. I would, I would say absolutely curiosity, you know, relationships, faith, a little bit of courage are just the cornerstones of, of how I got to where I am today. And if there's any specific timeline or stops along the way that, that your listeners you think would want to hear about, I'm happy to delve in deeper, but you know, pretty much I went from journalism into PR, focused on big high-tech clients, high-growth clients, moved into a high-tech, high-growth software firm, helped grow that from $60 million to $360 million, and all the mergers and acquisitions around that, the, the marketing communication strategy um, and programs, and then 
I did take a year off to be a mom. Um, at the time, I had two small children, took a year off, and thought I was out. And then I got um, headhunted by Invista. And long story short, I've been here 12 years. Tell us about that 12-year journey. No doubt there's been a lot of evolution in those 12 years as well. I know we're going to get to sort of a pivotal moment, and there have been a few of them, but I'll, you know, the decision to, am I going to go from being a big fish in a big pond to going to being a sole first marketing person at a newish startup fish enterprise and start all over again was a really interesting decision. And, you know, that's another one that sort of required a little bit of faith. It's like, man, there's no one here. If I take this job, there's nobody that's going to write the facts spreadsheet or the the PR template or tell me how to do it. There's no one to bounce anything off of. It's you yourself. And how am I going to grow this brand to be something that is recognized in the market? And that was, that was my story. I, you know, sat in my office with two small children upstairs and a nanny in the house and tried to figure out how I was going to get this burgeoning consulting firm that was doing phenomenal work for really well-known clients. And you would recognize our clients at the who's who list, but we were sort of the best kept secret in the industry. How do you get that firm, that expertise out so that people know it, recognize it and um, seek you out? That was, that was the journey. And so I slowly built a team, slowly built processes, slowly built the enabling technology or added the enabling technology behind it. And we grew into a household name in the supply chain consulting industry. We added on transportation and IT and um, facility design. And now we've, about four years ago, launched a commerce software platform first to its industry. And now the new challenge has been, how do you get to be known for software when you're really known for services and how do you get to be known in retail and by retail leaders and commerce decision makers when you might work with the same organizations, but a whole different set of decision makers. So it's been a wild and fun and interesting ride. Well, and I love the story of you considering that move. It sounds like you saw all the potential there. It was quite a pivot for you. But it sounds like it was the potential that you saw that really was was drawing you to the organization. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. You know, I thought, boy, this is a chance to get in in a fledgling organization, scary but also fun, and have the chance to really build and grow something. And you know, I had grown an organization in my past, but it was sort of established. So this was a chance to start over and really kind of with a startup organization, try to understand how I was going to build and grow that. And, you know, through the years, started up piece by piece, growing a team, growing processes, adding enabling technology, and just trying really hard to to figure out a way to get us to be a household name, not only for supply chain services, but then once we kind of got to that level, then being well-known for software. And that's been the latest challenge and opportunity for us is how do you grow Invista to new decision makers and a new offering when you aren't known? It's been a really wild ride. It's been fun. And we just dream really big. And, and, and for some reason, it just, <laughs> things come to fruition if you, if you dream that it happens. 
Well, and that's where your faith value must play out, right? Your, your curiosity and your faith, like the combination of those uh, encourage you to dream big. So true. I mean, I'm surrounded by really supportive people. I've got a phenomenal team underneath me and alongside of me, I would even say that's helping grow the organization. But we're able to, and I think this is sort of based on Jim's leadership too, you know, what do we want more of? Where are we going to go out and get? And then we kind of go out, go for it. We're not afraid to take risk or be bold or do something maybe unconventional. And that people want to get to what innovation is or want to be different. And you have to ask yourself, well, what do we bring to the table? And if we have the chance to really do something great for our clients, what would that be? What does the market really need? You know, what are they looking for? Let's be that and, and kind of go for it. Um, you know, I've sat up so many nights just wondering how in my role with, with the pressure that's on my shoulders, I'm going to deliver something and I might not have any idea how to do it. And really just allowing yourself the time as a leader, you have got to take steps back to go forward. So what I mean by that is taking time out of your day, even if it's, you know, that 5 a.m. in the morning as you're just waking up and letting your thought process go, or it's when you're driving or in the shower, or it's carving out moments during your week to not be in execution mode, because that's not when the ideas are going to happen. The ideas actually happen when you're in that Zen state of letting the flow of life happen, that's when your ideas and your, your boldness and your big ideas come from the aha moments, you know, as they're called. Yeah. So yeah, I've an opportunity to get in the flow so that those, those ideas right. come up. Right. And you asked about faith and, you know, I'll just say I prayed many times, like Lord spirit, you know, help me figure out the answer to this. Help me put me in the right path. Get, put me in the right place. Help me understand where to go. And I'll give you an example. Last year, we had a huge trade show and needed to show up in a big way, needed to show up different. And you know, I was terrified because it's really just on me. And, and we don't talk as leaders about the moments where we feel, feel the fear and do it anyway, as my dad would say. And, you know, I think slowly but surely in those quiet moments, the answers came to me. And I will also say, like, if you're in a creative role, if you're in an innovative role, doing a mood board or creative board and putting just little ideas on that board to help draw out the bigger, the bigger picture is, is a good opportunity. So um, just giving your listeners some ideas of what's worked for me. I love it. Well, that's, that is the whole spirit of the show is the feeling, the fear and doing it anyways. That's we love because leadership, leadership is tough and giving yourself grace and recognizing that it is through the challenges that we learn and grow. So I just, I'm so grateful for this forum to be able to sit with leaders like you and talk about those challenging moments. And that provides encouragement for others to keep going. So tell us, so specific. now that we've got this great context around your values and how you lead and where some of that comes from, tell us about a pivotal moment or a challenge for you that taught you a lot about who you are as a leader. No doubt we'll see those values that you talked about. We'll see those show up. You know, I would call this, let's see, so if I've been in this to 12 years, maybe this was 
six years ago, so sort of halfway into my journey, I was employee around number 40 for Invista. We don't even call the people that work at Invista employees, we call them associates because everybody is just a phenomenal talent. And so, you know, here I am, I started out working part-time two days a week, then grew to three days a week, saw that I pretty much either needed to decide to go all in or I needed to hire my my leader, my next, my manager. Like if I was going to do kind of keep my work and life equal, I was going to have to hire my next leader. And I took a step back and, and looked at myself and thought, all right, well, what what's important to me? Can I be a good mom and can I be a good leader all at once? And I really felt like I could. And I also felt like there's always sacrifices on both ends, but I felt like I can do this. And I didn't really want to see the organization that I helped build then be handed over to someone else. It's sort of like my baby, my other baby. So I was like, all right, I, I'm all in. I'm going to go in full time. And about halfway through this career journey at my current situation in Vista, I felt like I started to lose some credibility in the organization. And I didn't know where it was coming from. We are high growth, moving very fast. And I think that being remote very much hurts me because I'm not quote unquote visible. Um, I'm a leader, but maybe you don't see how I'm leading. I'm actively engaged all the time, but maybe you don't see that. Um, I give credit to my associates to a fault and take the fall to a fault. So maybe you don't see, you know, maybe people in the organization aren't seeing how I'm influencing or helping and I'm not championing myself because um, that's not what you do when you're a service leader necessarily. But I got stuck. I mean, I was, I remember going from being pretty confident as a leader to giving presentations and almost feeling like I was going to start trembling or I would tremble and my voice would crack and feeling like I lost my mojo and credibility. And I really, part of that, I will say, is being the only female in a male driven at the time organization and leadership team. I'm very proud to say that Invista now has equal number of females on the executive leadership team as it does males, which is phenomenal. And we have completely recalibrated and been able to hire more women in tech and women in consultant roles, which is phenomenal and speaks to where we're going, you know, in the work world. But at the time, it wasn't like that. And so my pivotal moment, Andrea, was realizing that all of those values that I was taught to be kind and nice and giving and good and empathetic, all those things are strengths. But your biggest strengths, if they're too high on the list at some point, are your also your biggest weaknesses. And I had an aha moment that just going to get up and present. We do quarterly updates to our whole organization and either video cast and we've, we're a global organization. And I realized that I didn't have to be kind and nice and likable. What I really had to be was credible. And if everybody believed that I had it as a leader, that I would gain that respect back, that somehow maybe I was perceiving in my head that I might have lost. So if you are in a situation where, you know, you're just not sure, I would say focus on, on the credibility, on just proving that you have it. 
and I probably did have to do a little bit of PR and but showing my executive leaders where I really was making an impact because it wasn't speaking for itself. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Well, and credibility is, is so foundational in, in leadership and in influencing. What does credibility mean to you? Break it down a bit for us. So I think it's the difference between you knowing you have it and showing others that you have it. So just it got to the point where I was showing up in meetings and I had to have like 20 dashboards open to prove that I really knew the numbers behind it. A piece of credibility is also, it's showing what you've done. It's communicating it without being self-promotional. And it's also making sure that you speak up and add in and, and, I don't know, Andrea, you know, when I got credibility back, I'll be honest with you, it was when I had a crucial conversation with our CEO, Jim, and, you know, I just said, I'm losing it because I'm working so hard. I am making an impact. You see the impact I'm making. Why am I having to sit here and prove myself after six years of being here? And his piece of advice to me was, JJ, you need to take the gloves off and you need to punch back a little bit. You need to be less nice and more in your face. Like I just say, you know, like more of a male energy and give it back. And then credibility is restored. And that's a really odd thing to say, Andrea, but that, that is what probably ultimately got a little bit of credibility back was I had to almost push back instead of take it. Does that make sense? Well, and I also, but it's interesting. I mean, let's, let's talk this out because I think there's a lot in there. It's interesting that you, you got credibility back by being vulnerable. I mean, you acknowledged, hey, here's what I'm feeling, right? So that opened the door for this conversation with Jim that gave you some good strategies. Well, and I just, again, I said, there's so many things here I want to unpack with you. Yeah, this, um, you know, we, we are taught right? Be to like, be good. Like that's that I, when you were talking about being kind and being nice, like that was, that resonated with me. Like one of my messages growing up was like, be a good girl, be a good girl. Absolutely. Absolutely. That comes a lot of behaviors that got in my way early in my career. So I, I, it sounds very, very similar to what you're describing. It's so fascinating. I wrote down just a few, I jotted down just a few ideas before this conversation. And you know, I'm looking at a lot of the men and women reporting to me in their 20s. And, you know, I feel like I spent all of my life, and including my 20s, building. You're building. You're building your knowledge. You're building your career. You're building your personal life. And so much change and so much fast pace. And you're learning from other leaders and mentors. And crazy, you know, in my mid-30s, I had to to almost deconstruct and distill and tear down <laughs> a lot of those learned mindsets or behaviors and figure out what worked for me and what didn't and leave behind the things that didn't work and assume who I really was going to become as, as a more mature executive leader. Yeah, that's great. So tearing down old mindsets so that you've got headspace for new ones. That, that's good. So you talked about some of the mindsets that you let you let go of. Talk about like some of the attitudes and behaviors that you adopted that 
that helped you to build credibility and and be successful? Yeah, you know, um, I think letting go of am I liked all of that stuff was, and we already talked about that, let go of that, you know, sit on the, and I always did sit on my hard work and I always did sit on my outcome, but I've found that all of the ways that I've loved people or been vulnerable with them have served me well. And that, and you know, that word doesn't really belong in the workplace, but it, it actually really does because it always is about relationships always. And I've been so fortunate to, to surround myself by really good people. And, you know, I'll give credit again to our CEO, Jim. He always saw my emotional intelligence as a strength and even has brought into our organization the idea in our leadership team where, you know, a lot of analytical people, maybe a little bit less emotional, but where I sit from a marketing perspective, that's a huge strength to know, know what drives people, what motivates people to, to really see you, to try to understand what makes you tick strengths as a marketing leader. Right. And he's brought in consultants around emotional intelligence and kind of helped change the mindset and behaviors and expectations of our entire leadership team. So we actually act and behave as an entirely different leadership team now than we were six years ago. And it's been phenomenal um, to watch that growth and evolution and it served investor really well. The other thing that we've done as a, as a leadership team is we've gone through a training called B state and B state is about assessing where you are now and determining where you're going to go and really getting very granular about what you need to change in your behaviors and mindsets and, to get to the best outcome. And that B state constantly shifts, Andrea. So like where we are today, where our B state is out there, but we might hit a lot of those B state outcomes that we want. And we're constantly moving that B state forward. Um, and that's what's allowed us to grow so successfully and be a fastest growing company for eight years in a row and all that good kind of stuff. I don't know. Did I get off a tangent? I apologize. No, it's, it's good. Yeah, I was, I, we, I, you know, I'd asked about the, some of the, the new mindsets or behaviors you've adopted that have really helped to drive credibility. And so I'm, I'm hearing you say like putting down the need to be liked, leading with emotional intelligence and mm -hmm. this be state, right? Identifying like what needs to change and how are we going to get there? No doubt that has served yeah. you well. You know what else served me well was hiring people, only A's, like the only the A's that you interview. When you interview somebody and think, well, I like all these things about them and I bet I could tweak these things and that thing and that thing, that has not served me well. <laughs> only hiring the best people that where they fit really, really, really well into that role has been a total mindset shift for me and has resulted in our performance being elevated, our outcomes being elevated, you know, that kindness, that care that I can work with this person. I had to shift that as a leader. I had to say, I need to find people that are the very, very best and I'm going to wait until I find them. And that has been a huge outcome for me because we rise based on the people and the talent that surrounds us. So that was huge for me. And I think having focus, I always tell our team, focus on the big rocks. 
there's so much inputs coming at you every day. So many emails, so many meetings, so much coming at you that you've got to sort of sift and winnow through that and pick out what are the items that are really going to move the needle and let the rest of it fall away for a while. Focus, focus on those big rocks, move them forward and then, you know, reset. Well, that's what you, I mean, earlier in the conversation, you talked about taking setbacks to go forward. That's what that is, right? Mm -hmm. You got to pay pay attention to where your focus is because we know where focus goes, energy flows. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. That's right. Energy begets energy. That's exactly right. We say that all the time. What other cliche can we throw out? Thoughts become things. <laughs> teamwork makes teamwork makes the dream work. How about that one? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's go back to um, something that really resonated with me earlier when you talked about uh, that that kind of vulnerable moment of losing your confidence and your mojo. Uh, I mean, who who can't relate to that, right? I mean. We all have moments and days and, and it's like, just when I think I've got it all going and things are good, right? Something will happen to like pull me back and oh gosh, and there goes the confidence, there goes the mojo. Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. You, you felt that and you went, you went to Jim and had a conversation with him. What was it that triggered that? You know, you're either receiving energy or you're having energy flow out and you can only have energy flow so long before you just question, am I in the right spot? I mean, I got my mojo back partially on my own, but I did need that conversation that said, you know what? You don't have to play nice. You can, you can own, you belong here, own your space that you belong here. And, you know, if I lose my mojo, I'll tell you that's a signal that you probably need a break. You do need to recalibrate. You probably need to reassess. And I'm, you know, I'm thrilled that I have phenomenal relationships across our leadership team now. And, and I think a piece of that is just to where are you in your life? You know, I know, I know half of your listeners are male audience and I'm talking to some things that are neatly female, but, but being a parent is, you know, we've got moments where we have got to be, we're, we're, overtired, we are run down. And I think being a work from home mom and a high growth innovation, innovative technology centric organization and not being part of that on site piece, it, it was a little isolating. And I, I also made an effort to get into the office more. It, it did help me get my mojo back a little bit. That's so great. Well, I, I love the, the own your space that you belong here. I mean, that's, that's what yeah. I, you know, er, earlier you'd made a comment about, um, you know, Jim's encouragement to take the gloves off. And for like, for me, listening to you, JJ, like you're taking your gloves off or they're getting back to really who you are. That's like the owning it. That's it. That's it. Having that permission to just be like, you know, yes. you belong here and you don't let anybody question that. And I think all of us at some point just go through, gosh, am I, am I still doing the right thing? You know, do I belong here? And ultimately you have to decide for yourself if that's where you want to be planted in the world. But I had earned that spot. I belong there and I had something to contribute that was really important and I wasn't finished. And you know, you've got to decide that for yourself, but you chose it and you stepped into it. I mean, that's, 
that's the thing. It's either like shit or get off the pot, right? It's, it's like, exactly. You, you chose. I mean, that's the thing. It's, I think a lot of people are looking for external validation of that. And that's not ever going to happen. I mean, it, it, no. it, you can't count on that and you can't control that. What you can always not is how you feel and how you believe about your being there or not like that. And that's, so you took the reins and said, I want to be here. Took the reins. I will tell you in that presentation, that was a pivotal moment for me that I was talking about that, you know, it was like, you know what? I just, I just, I'm I have this and I have it. I wore, instead of wearing high heels and a skirt, I will tell you, I wore like, I don't want to swear, but you know, butt kicking <laughs> boots and jeans and things that made me just go like whatever it was psychologically I was putting on my armor that, you know, I belong here. I have, I've contributed. I've grown this company from 12 million to 40 million or whatever it was at the time or 70 million. I've, I've generated the brand awareness. I have led this company. I'm owning my spot right now. I, I, and I've got this. I've got this. That is freaking awesome. I mean, that's, what's your story, right? What's your story about what you do? So similarly, recently I was struggling with a, a presentation I was doing to a group of business leaders and I was like, oh, a bit, what was me? And, blah, blah, blah. and my husband was, are you kidding? Like, what you done? You're killing it. You're running a business. You're growing a business. And I'm like, I am. Exactly. What am I? Of course. Yes. So it's, it's having people around you, but it's also taking a step back and just in recognizing all that you're doing and how you choose to talk about it is totally up to you. Exactly. And, and what you choose to leave behind and what you choose to bring with you going forward is up to you too. And, you know, we have those moments where we're like, am I really a leader? Do I, do I have what it takes? Um, do I belong in this organization? Am I, do I believe in myself and is this the right situation for me? And, you know, you can plan it, you can think on it, you can consult a, a, a business consultant you can talk to people in your circle ultimately all those things are good inputs you've got to decide it for yourself i belong here and that's how you get your mojo back <laughs> that's, that's right you you get your mojo back by doing you don't get your mojo back by thinking you get it back by doing oh and uh, action yeah move move forward well and isn't mm -hmm. that what you did right you recognized it and you had a conversation you were vulnerable you put it out there and very quickly you got some guidance and support to turn that around. That's so Absolutely. Good. And, you know, I love telling people that work in my organization about the challenges that I've had in, as a leader, because I'm trying to grow the next generation of leaders, you know, eventually, and this is going to outlive my reign here, my, my tenure here, rather, it's bigger than we're trying to grow something bigger than just just this executive leadership team. We're trying to grow the next generation of leaders and leave behind a legacy of people that value other people, that want to leave a positive impact in the world, that have the skill sets that they need to lead and take this organization into, you know, the next chapter eventually, whenever that chapter is. Yeah, and you're doing it by telling your story, by being you, by modeling the way. Yeah, it goes back to your the values that you started with connection, hard work, curiosity, faith, relationships. I mean, think about how that we've come full circle now, because everything you're talking about here, <laughs> right, just goes right back to goes right back to that.
That's you know, and it's so fun. Like I said, look, you know, when you're in your 20s, you just see, what am I doing? And, and do I have it, you know, do I have enough experience? Am I making enough money to, to have a mortgage? Do I, am I getting, growing a family? Now, how do I juggle all of this? And then eventually <laughs> you kind of, you climb that, I'll call it that ladder. And you're in a place that you, that is foreign. I mean, that's foreign. It's like, well, I've got here. What does this look like? Is this really where, what I want? And, and who am I going to be in this, in this space? Um, yeah. And, and now, and, yeah. What will I do? Which, which comes to your, now you're growing the next generation of leaders. Yeah. Cause now, right. uh, which is, which is right. what podcast is all about. I mean, that's this, there's such a power in archiving the story because it's shareable, right? It's shareable to your team, to your customers, to all the people in your life. And, all the people you know and don't know. Right. You and I met at a dinner and look at where we are today. And who knows where we're going to go moving forward. I love seeing the threads of life of how we're all woven together. And, you know, I see just such a joy and a mystery in all of this. It is about a connection and, you know, trying to be your best on the journey and just, yeah, showing up every day. Yeah. That brought, that brought tears to my eyes. Yeah. And in paying attention, because I remember at the dinner when you were speaking, I was like in the middle of the, t- the table, you were at the end of the table and I saw, I saw you, you know, wow. Like she's, there's goodness there. Like I can't wait to meet her. And okay. Then- so you just gave me chills because I looked up just today, you know, there's this tribe in Africa and however they greet each other, it's not like, hello, like we say, hello, nice to meet you. The, the translation of what they say is I see you. I see you. And so the fact that you just said that to me is so, I mean, I have goosebumps. That's so cool. Oh, wow. That's so great. Yeah. Well, I see you, JJ Barnes, and all the good things you're doing for our world. Thank you. Thanks for being a guest on our show. Thanks for inspiring us and sharing all these insights. We've all. It's my honor and privilege. Thank you, Anna. We're all walking away with tips for how to get our mojo back because no doubt. Hey, if our listeners want to connect with you, is LinkedIn the best way to do that? Where do they find you? LinkedIn is great. You're welcome. It's J J period Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S, or you're welcome to email me at JJ Barnes at Invistacorp, E-N-V-I-S-T-A-C-O-R-P.com. And um, yeah, we're, we're a global organization and in with about 700 global associates. So we're, we're having a fun ride. And I, I would love to talk to any of our listeners. Thanks, Andrea. Yeah, you've described it multiple times as a wild and fun ride. So that's, that's a great place to check out. <laughs> Take care. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a Being at Work story.